So the video I'm making today, it just, it feels like something that needed to be made, considering there was just, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but there was Eddie Guerrero slander uh, on Twitter the last week. Like, what, what was it, Sunday, I believe it was for me? Unbelievable. I never thought I would see the day that Eddie Guerrero, the late, great Eddie Guerrero, would be dissed on the internet. I, I, I'm still in disbelief. So I've been wanting to do this video forever, and this video is like, if there was one video that I could point to people and be like, yeah, that's what my channel is all about, it would be this video. 100 Reasons Why Eddie Guerrero is Awesome. It, you know, he's my favorite wrestler, and I just now it feels like the right time to do it after people were slandering him. It's just time to, to shower the ultimate praise on him. And the way that social media rallied around him, it was incredible. Yeah, it's like everybody was beating up that one guy that slandered him, and Mick Foley even got in on it. But I, I got the elitist here to do this video with me, bro. It's an honor. Uh, thank you for doing this. No, no problem at all. I mean, you mentioned it there. I, I know how much this video means to you, especially personally. So it's, it's an honor to be on here. Um, I want to do my best effort to give Eddie the praise he deserves. Because, I mean, I know how much he means to, I mean, not just you, but like a whole number of communities, and just the wrestling fan base in general. So, yeah, so I want to do this video. Um, hopefully we can do Eddie justice in this video. I'm sure we will. We've got 100 reasons worth to praise him. So, yeah, it should be great fun. Yeah, here we go. Let's kick it off. So, reason number one, he's Eddie Guerrero. Well, what more do I need to say? That, that's like that's the reason why he's awesome. He's Eddie Guerrero. Everybody loves Eddie Guerrero. Apparently, someone out there doesn't, but everybody else does. Yeah, but yeah, pretty simple reason. Not not too much to elaborate on this one, but absolutely, he's Eddie Guerrero. I mean, he's Eddie, pal. Yeah, reason two, he's a five-tool player. And for those of you who don't watch baseball, a five-tool player—that's somebody that can do everything. They can hit. They can field. They can pitch. They can do it all. Eddie Guerrero could do it all, and that's going to fit into the next reasons that I have listed. So reason three, four, five, six, and seven. He's great in ring. He's a great promo. He's charismatic. He's a great character, and he looks like a wrestler. And that's everything that a pro wrestler is supposed to be, and Eddie was great at all five of them. Am I right? Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, great in ring. This this guy, he, he wrestled all over the world before it was quote-unquote cool to wrestle all over the world. This guy was wrestling in you know, Lucha Libre promotions in Japan. He was wrestling in WCW with the Cruiserweights. He, he was everywhere. And he was phenomenal in the ring. The, he was a master of his craft in the ring. Then promo-wise, okay, he, he didn't let the supposed like, little language barrier really hinder him at all. He, he was entertaining. He was enthusiastic. He had charisma with his promos. That leads to reason five, charismatic Kevin. One of, if not the most charismatic wrestlers of all time. He might not be like, Number one with like maybe Rock or Ric Flair, but he's like top five all time, I'd say, as far as charisma. Just un- unparalleled near enough when it comes to Eddie's charisma. Character, Latino hate, you know, light cheat still, near I say more. And Kevin, the-, the look of this guy, for someone of that height, he looks jacked. And that-, that helps so much with believability. So yeah, just a five tool player, no doubt about it. Absolutely. I mean, in ring, he's an innovative wrestler, which we're going to talk about more. In WCW and ECW, he was one of, if not the best wrestler in the world. He was up there with, like, you know, your Dean Malenko's, your Chris Benoit's, Bret Hart's. Eddie Guerrero was on that class. When he got to WWE, he was a bit banged up physically, so he, he, he became more of a promo, and he became more of a character. And in the, on the, with the stick, he could talk. Like, it didn't matter if it was a backstage segment. He, was, he could be funny. He could be a good heel. He could do it all on the mic. Character, definable character. Yeah, I could tell you, look, this is Eddie Guerrero. He lied, cheats, and steals. And you'll understand. Charismatic. Nobody had the palm in the in, nobody had the crowd in the palm of their hands the way Eddie did. His entrance, he always got a big pop or he got booed when it when it was the time was right. 
And then, yeah, he looked like a wrestler. He looked like somebody you could put on a poster. He looked like an action figure. He looked like somebody that was larger than life. Even though he was short in stature, he was like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, but he looked like he he went to the gym, he dieted, he worked hard in the gym, and it was clear. And the reason Kevin, he, he didn't look like a, Kevin, sorry, Kevin, he didn't look like a guy who a security guard at a wrestling show, when the wrestlers are coming in, would like block you and say, no, we're not, we're not letting fans in yet. Eddie didn't look like that, okay? CM Punk got that treatment by security guards. Eddie <laughs> never would have, okay? Eddie Guerrero, I mean, look at these believable. And once again, yeah, he's 5'7". Five, five, like, so? <laughs> look at the guy. He, he looks like he could win a fist fight with anyone. Just the believability is immense with Eddie, but yeah, go on. Go yeah, on. ask Daniel Pewter how tough Eddie Guerrero is. So, oh. it, it, reason 8, he's a great heel. And reason 9, he's a great babyface. A lot of wrestlers can't do both. Look at Randy Orton. Randy Orton's a good heel, but he is an awful babyface. Eddie could do either one. It didn't matter. His first half, like, the first half of his career in WWE, he was a heel. Until he turned babyface to like late 03, early 04. And then he turned heel again. And he was such a good heel that people just loved to hate him. And they, they cheered him by the time by 05 came around. Like he, yeah, he could do it both. It's pretty rare. Yeah. I mean, you all time guys with great heels and great baby faces. I mean, you can say someone like, I mean, Rock for sure. I guess you could say Hogan. Um, Batista. Maybe, yeah, Batista, Shawn Michaels. But, I mean, guys like Triple H. Triple H was only good as a heel. His babyface runs were terrible. Same with Randy Orton. And then Randy there's Orton's guys like Jeff Hardy that could only be a babyface. You know, Jeff Hardy couldn't be a heel. Mm. But Eddie at both, because of his, I mean, some of those five tall player traits, I mean, you spoke of before there, the promo, the charisma, the character. Like, it was, it, it clicked either way. And, he, like, it wasn't just like, hey, oh, he, here's his babyface character. Here's his heel character. He was just Eddie Guerrero, and it, it, it lended itself to either heel or face, depending on what, you know, what storyline called for it. So it was just phenomenal. Exactly. Reason 10 is championship, WWE Championship win at No Way Out 2004. One of the most memorable moments in wrestling history. This is a moment that will be replayed in, the, in WWE's history for years and years to come. It's a flagship moment. You could show this to anybody and be like, yeah, this is why I'm a wrestling fan. And they'll probably understand. Like the crowd, you look at Peter, people crying in the San Francisco crowd when Eddie hit the big frog splash. He jumps in the crowd. He's hugging his mom, his family, fans are like just mauling him. It was, a, it's really like one of the most iconic wins in t- WWE title celebrations in history. If you think about like, you, you think about Stone Cold's career, John Cena's career, guys like that didn't have a, a title win in celebration as good as Eddie's was at No Way Out 2004. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, like that Eddie win was incredible because it was the like David vs Goliath dynamic. It was the smaller stature underdog against you know the big Goliath. In this case, it was Brock Lesnar. But the way they booked it, it was like so realistic. Like Eddie's getting to the end, he's cheating. There's a ref bump commentary with Taz and Cole. They're so engaged. The crowd's standing up. No one in that building was sitting down for especially the last like half that match. And then yeah, eventually get to the end, and Goldberg gets involved, and Eddie. As a result, kind of cheats, and then he pins him, and crowd erupts. It's just one of the all-time great just wrestling moments. That shows you how great of a heel and babyface he was. He literally cheated, and nobody cared. They still cheered him, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, that That's reason great. 11, that, inf- that not infamous, that famous promo on Brock Lesnar leading up to No Way Out, where Eddie talked about how he just battled through so much in his life, how he lost his wife and his kids, and he had a drug problem, and this and that, and... If you haven't seen the promo, go back and watch it. It's really like one of the most realistic shoot promos you'll ever hear. That's not that's not Eddie Guerrero playing a character. That's him talking about his life. 
And Brock Lesnar was portraying, you know, this white guy that's like, oh, I'm better than you. I got more opportunities than you. And yeah, it's just really like, I don't even know what else to say about it. I, I know you've seen this promo. What, what do you think about it? Oh yeah, I mean, you might speak to this bit best, but I mean, it's just it's like an inspiring promo. Yes, you know, especially for like that community and just generally, especially like like Eddie saying all that stuff. It makes his babyface case like so good. It's not just like, oh well, I I can wrestle really well. I deserve to beat Brock Lesnar at No Way Out. Like no, it was it was him talking about his demons, his past, the challenges, the struggles. It was an incredible part. The crap was hanging on every word he was saying. His delivery was intense. It was strong. You, 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 like, it made you want to go and pay 50 bucks to order No Way Out, which exactly. promos don't really ever do nowadays. So, yeah, awesome yeah. promo. We never get promos like this anymore. And, yeah, it's an inspiration to the Latino community. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero's story It's just, yeah, this promo it was unbelievable. Um, this was probably Eddie's highlight on the mic. I don't think he's cut a better promo than this. But yeah, recent 12, the feud with Rey Mysterio. One of the best views of all time. Uh, one of my favorites, personally, and I, I would say objectively, it's probably one of the top 10 to 15 views in the history of WWE. I don't really think there's any other way around it. Like, those two guys, they had great chemistry. They were best friends. They went way back. You had Rey Mysterio's real family involved, his son, his wife. You had Eddie Guerrero's wife involved. We had what so many things spawned from this. The I'm Your Poppy t-shirt, the I'm Your Poppy catchphrase, just... Really, it was just an action-packed feud, and that, that SummerSlam ladder match, you could throw that in there, too. This is what pro wrestling is, man. Realism and all that stuff combined, this is why we love it. wrestling. It's just, it was a big, perfect mix of realism and entertainment. Well, Kim, I know we've got this reason later on, but I'll, I'll just throw it in now. I mean, this right here, this Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero feud, it took Rey Mysterio from a guy who was a, like an entertaining mid-carder, good cruiserweight axe, you know, he had his spot for sure. Took him from that, and it made him a guy who people were legitimately really invested in. Eddie Guerrero with the storytelling of, you know, talking about being Dominic's real dad and the kids and Ray can't produce babies and all this stuff. And doing Eddie's story time. And, you know, it, it was like it genuinely made you care about Ray in a way that was not just, oh, well, he can do a really cool West Coast pop or a 619. He's a great wrestler. It made you in, genuinely invest in Ray Mysterio as a baby face. It was just brilliant. It's from a bygone era. Like, I could go up to people at Walmart and be like, hey, do you remember the Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero feud? Do you remember when Eddie claimed to be Dominic's son or Dominic's father? Like, people would remember that. You know, it's just, we don't see stuff like this anymore. And recent 13, he was innovative in ring in WCW and ECW. He did stuff that nobody else was doing, literally, with his combination of Mexican style, with the European style, with the American style, combining all of that together with the high-flying physical hybrid there was nobody like Eddie Guerrero in the mid-90s and the late-90s in, in ring. Absolutely not. Like, he, he was one of a kind in that regard, and he really set the tone and inspired a, a generation of wrestlers. I mean, we'll mention CM Punk as one example later, but near enough, most of these you know 21st century like indie-type wrestlers, a lot of their game was inspired based on Eddie Guerrero and you know, some of Eddie's kind of colleagues in that regard who you know, really you know, set the tone for that in the 90s. Like, Eddie's an inspiration in that regard. Absolutely. 14, he's Mexican, and he's Latino. I'm Latino, that's why I resonate with him so well. And he was like... JBL, JBL loves this reason. JBL loves this reason. Ah, oh, he's Mexican, rival. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there's a reason why I resonate so well with Eddie. He was like a hero. There weren't people... There weren't Latino people like me on TV growing up. Like, Eddie was one of the few, the heroes I had on TV. And 15, he speaks Spanish, like... Yeah, which is also cool. You know, he spoke another language. Not a lot of people do. Some people only can speak one language, like... 
speaking Spanish goes a long way, and he used it in his promos. He made it part of him. That's what made Eddie Guerrero him. He would, you know, he, there was plenty of segments where he would like talk to Ray in Spanish. They'd be yelling at each other, and it was just cool. They were being themselves. And it, even though, okay, people can't, couldn't understand it, but it's still, it was awesome still. Well, Kevin, can I just really elaborate on that one? Because, like, my perspective, this came from just like an Australian guy. Like, I, in WWE, there's been like Australian wrestlers, but no one even comes close to resonating. Like, like back in this time period, you had Nathan Jones, and he was the Colossus from Bogger Road. And I was like, okay, why should I care? And nowadays, it's like, oh, he, Buddy Murphy and Bronson Reed and the Iconics are Australian. Like, and the thing that made Eddie so good, he incorporated that culture with his character, incorporated, you know, the, the mic skills, the prime. He had all those five tools we talked about. And it made people like yourself and the entire community, you know, like empowered, inspired. It made you know, America and the world over be like, you know, Latino culture is cool. Look what Eddie's doing on SmackDown. Like, that's dope. You know, just incredible. Exactly. The reason 16, 17, and 18 lie, cheat, and steal. Iconic catchphrase for Eddie Guerrero, an iconic part of his character. Whether he, you know, he pretty much played the stereotypical Mexican that you would see in movies. That was Eddie. He would he cheat in matches. He would throw the chair at the referee and well, uh, I mean, throw the chair at his opponent while the referee was down. The referee would get up, see his his opponent with a chair. Eddie would play dead. There's a segment where he stole Ric Flair's number at the Royal Rumble. Just he was great, man. Just, yeah, you know, you don't see stuff like it. That, that's what made him so cool and so one of a kind. Like, that was, it was different. It was, stood out. It was awesome. Just, yeah, lie, cheat, and steal. It, memorable catchphrase as well. That's the other thing that goes kind of unnoticed. Wrestling in the past decade, especially, where have catchphrases really been? I mean, Eddie has an incredible one there, lie, cheat, and steal. Viva La Raza, and there's a bunch of other ones. So, yeah, just Absolutely. awesome stuff. Yeah, Reason 19, the Los Guerreros, one of the best tag teams of all time. Eddie and Chavo, one of the most memorable tag teams. R- really, they're more memorable for their vignettes. Like we don't see tag teams do great vignettes anymore. We don't really see that many great vignettes in general. But th- there was one in particular where Eddie and Chavo they went to Finland and they're like hitting on women and they're eating out of like a like a really bad Mexican food place and they're like trying to try all this like seafood that they have in Finland. Just funny stuff, man. But wait, so you're saying tag teams don't have good vignettes? But Kevin, what about when? Uh, D- Doc Gallows and Carl uh, Anderson were, were doctors fondling with Big E's balls. <laughs> oh or when when you had the revival, Dash Wilder and Scott, whatever, shaving each other's backs. What, what, aren't they good vignettes, Kevin? You're being biased. Oh, yeah. yeah be, that's totally being biased, yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, um, go on. Go re- on. Re- reason 20, the SmackDown 6. Eddie Guerrero was a major part of the SmackDown 6, an iconic part in SmackDown history. I made a video, a whole video on this if you want to check it out. If you want to check out the SmackDown, the history of SmackDown 6. It's really a really good video, might I add, if I'm being biased. It's worth a watch. But yeah, the SmackDown 6, it was Eddie, Chavo, Ray, Kurt Angle, Edge, and Benoit. And it was just like Paul Heyman wanted all these guys that were quote-unquote wrestlers, not entertainers. The Raw had all the entertainers. SmackDown had the great wrestlers. And they went out, they had different tag teams, they faced each other, and we got a lot of good matches from the era. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even though those guys, yeah, weren't exactly like the the most natural like entertainment entertainers first, uh, like, I mean, you saw the entertainment stuff really come out as the SmackDown 6 era went on. I mean, with Eddie and Edge especially, and we'll talk about their match, I mean, just recent 21, the no DQ match with Eddie Guerrero and Edge on 
SmackDown 2002. Those two guys especially, I mean, they had the entertainment dynamic really, you know, flourishing in the early 2000s on SmackDown. But, I mean, this match, Kevin, my God, I mean, what do you remember from this? I mean, when I saw it, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it's a memorable SmackDown match. It is, there's a lot of matches that happen on Raw and SmackDown every single week. But the fact that people still look at this match and like, oh, this is one of the best matches in SmackDown history. Anytime like you talk about the best matches to ever take place on SmackDown, this one is always at the top of the list. They did some just cool spots, like the sunset flip, where Eddie flipped Edge off the turnbuckle. I mean, off the ladder, sorry. And just, you had good stuff. And then they had Edge and he had another match. Reason 22, the ladder match at SummerSlam, 02. Edge and Eddie had great chemistry, and these were some of the great matches that came from the SmackDown 6 era. <clears throat> Absolutely. Like, I mean, like this, this match at SummerSlam 02, like, SummerSlam 02 was just, just stacked. Like, if, you, if we're talking about stacked wrestling shows... I don't consider a random episode of AEW Dynamite in J- July of 2020 some stacked show. Some Slam 2 was sta- a stacked show. Eddie Guerrero and Edge in this match that they had, wow. I mean, like, these two guys were just insane. And, I mean, Eddie Guerrero especially, the stuff he can do in these matches, like, it's, it's like, a, it's like, he's like a hybrid of, he's not just going to do like a Jeff Hardy or he's just going to jump off the ladder and land on his own head. But he's going to incorporate the ladder with the story. He's going to, you know, so use wrestling psychology. Not that I'm a trained wrestling coach or <laughs> you are either, but like you, he just he Eddie gets wrestling, pal. You know, absolutely. Like, yeah, and, and what made this this stuff great? Like you talked about it, a stacked AEW match. What made Edge and Eddie great? It was like you're watching the future of wrestling unfold. In 2002, you're thinking, okay, wow, these guys in five or six years they're gonna be made of any WrestleManias, and yeah, I mean that was the case, you know. And then the reason 23, Eddie Eddie usually had great creative finishes to matches. You think about, like I said, where he would throw the chair at, at his opponent and the referee would see it and the referee would call for the bell. Or like in WrestleMania 20 versus Kurt Angle, which is the next reason, that match. The, the finish where, you know, Angle goes for the ankle lock and Ed, Eddie's boot comes off and Eddie gets the pin. I can remember a finish to a match that took place like almost 20 years ago. And that's pretty remarkable. And that's due the greatness of Eddie Guerrero. Well, Kevin, nowadays, as far as finishes, I mean, you either get just the, a regulation finish, a roll-up, an interference distraction that leads to, like, a roll-up or a DQ. That's legit the only couple of finishes we get. Whereas with Eddie, mm-hmm. Eddie Guerrero, I don't know how much input he had in the finishes, but the writers, Eddie, Vince, like, they're thinking of different creative finishes for seemingly every big match he was involved in. Yeah. I mean, WrestleMania 20 right there, you mentioned it there, it's reason 24 on this top 100 on Eddie. Like, that one was brilliantly creative. Kurt Angle's thing's the ankle lock. So Eddie Guerrero is going to make it so his boot's undone, the laces are untied, so Angle's going to wrench at the ankle, the boot's going to come off, Angle's going to be like, wait, what? I do, huh? And then Eddie rolls him up and retains a mania. Just brilliant, Kevin. Like, it's just so good. Yeah, it's creative. It's we, we don't see that, you know. Nowadays, you get Charlotte Flair kicking a referee in the ribs. To end the match. <laughs> you know that, that that's what we get, pal. But uh, reason twenty five, his tag team with Batista, the whole feud with Batista in in 05, where it was like we got some really memorable segments that we're going to talk about that spawned from this feud. But Eddie and Batista had great on screen chemistry, and you can see it. It's one of my favorite tag teams. I just I thought those two worked so well. It was my childhood. Um, just I mean, what what more is there to say? That they were great opponents. It was like the whole element, the whole story to it was like Eddie was coming out there saying, "Oh, I'm a changed man. I'm gonna be an honest man." And Batista, you're my best friend. I want to see you thrive. And then Batista's like, "Well, are you really my best friend? Do you really have my best interests at heart? Or are you just trying to get the championship? You're trying to, you trying to play me?" 
storytelling again something we don't really see we don't see stories like this anymore we just don't but, but hey but you know, we see riddle riding around randy orton on a scooter and orton wondering what's happening that's storytelling with tag team pal <laughs> oh yeah don't disrespect current wrestling anyway moving on moving on <laughs> uh we'll go on reason 26 amazing wrestlemania 21 opener versus Rey mysterio once again like wrestlemania 21 everything about that show outside of the sumo match was perfect and this, this match was just a perfect opener. You have Eddie and Ray. This match, I think it was about 10, 12 minutes from memory, but it was just, it was a hard, you know, hard hitting, fast paced action, really damn good. It flowed seamlessly. Like, if you're training to be a wrestler and wrestle the kind of indie style, quote unquote, like this match, the nuances, the timing, there's not a botch in there. It's, it flows perfectly. It's just brilliant. Yeah, you could argue this was Eddie's best WrestleMania match. This match was damn good. You could say this was the best opener in WrestleMania history. It's up there with Triple H and Daniel Bryan and Bret and Owen. And then another thing, too, was like Bruce Pritchard, I believe, told us on his podcast a story where Eddie was in the main event, basically, last the year prior with Kurt Angle. And then this at this year in 05, he was asked to open WrestleMania, and he was like, well, it's not what I want to do, but I'm going to do my damn best. I'm going to put my, I'm gonna put my best foot forward. And I'm going to make sure that you guys remind, you guys are know, like, you know that I'm not going to be in the main event next year. Or I'm not going to be in the opener next year. I'm going to be in the main event. Like, I'm going to remind you why I'm that damn good. Where a guy like CM Punk would be like, oh, opening match at WrestleMania, I'm out. I don't want to do this somewhere. No, he would have demanded to do a shoot promo and then you bring down the business with him just so he can try and get back to the main event scene. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, just, yeah, ridiculous. R- ridiculous, bro. But yeah. Exactly. Good. Yeah, re- good. Re- reason 27. He's a great storyteller. In ring, great storyteller, and he was great at telling like storylines. I talked about it with the Batista story and the Dominic story. What, what more is there to say? Oh, not much. I mean, just the storytelling is top tier from Absolutely. Eddie. Just time and time out. Yeah. Yeah. Re- reason sure. twenty eight, the bedtime story segment, uh, where he's out there reading a book. He's reading a bedtime story to his son Dominic. It's a it's a segment that. And what it happened again 16 years ago, and I remember it. You remember it. Every wrestling fan remembers it. Or if you've never seen the segment, you can go back and watch it, and it's and it's timeless. It 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 ages well. It's just it's a good. I mean, it's really a good segment, man. Honestly. Oh yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. And then moving on to the next one. I mean, bet that segment was great. But then 29, I want to mention this one: the politically incorrect gimmick. And it. it, it with wrestling, if you want to get over, you have to be edgy. I, you can't be cookie cutter and get over because fans will see through it and boo you out of the building. You know, Lex Luger, Roman Reigns, like that type of thing. You have to be, you have, to have an edge to you. And Eddie Guerrero had that in spades, and it made, I mean, a whole wrestling fan base just get behind him. And I just, it worked brilliantly. Yeah, he was a stereotypical Mexican, like I said, that you saw in movies, and it worked. And reason thirty, he's a hero to the Latino community. He's a hero to an entire community. He's not just a wrestling hero. He's like, he's an athlete hero to the, to the Mexican and to the Latino, overall Latino community. Is he someone that everybody in that community can resonate with? Hey, uh, abuelas were watching Eddie Guerrero run wild. And that, that's grandma's for those of you who don't know. But hey, gra- like he was your, your grandma's favorite wrestler if you were Spanish, you know? Oh, hell yeah. He, he really was. He really was, Kevin. Just yeah. inspiring. Eddie, I'll tell you, Guerrero, Michael. Yeah, but reason 31, he was himself. He was authentic. He was Eddie Guerrero. He, like I said, he spoke Spanish and he did his thing. And he was, he wore his heart on his sleeve. Then uh, reason 32, he's a pop culture phenomenon. People still know who Eddie Guerrero is to this day. People are going to, you wear, you walking around wearing an Eddie Guerrero shirt, you're going to get compliments on it. People are going to be like, oh my God, what's that? They're going to be like, oh, Eddie Guerrero, I remember him. 
I used to watch him as a kid. Like you could spark up a conversation about Eddie Guerrero just in general. People know. You really? Who he is. I mean, all these reasons kind of linked together in a way, but I mean, they're all true. Like just. Yeah, hero to the Latino community. You speak that better than anyone. You know, he was himself on screen. It wasn't like he was trying to cut promos saying he deserves it just to fit in with the times. He, you know, he was a pop culture phenomenon. I mean, that's a continuation of Reason 30. I mean, Re- Reason 33 as well, A-plus player. I mean, this one, you made a whole video on this the other day or whenever you post this, you know, 100 Reasons. Just, Kevin, Eddie Guerrero, I mean... You can debate this one, but when you look at it as far as the five-tool player argument, Eddie Guerrero had all the tools, and that regard makes him an A-plus player. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the only thing is he wasn't a massive draw that changed wrestling, and that's only reserved for, like, four people. There's, like, there's four guys that were so such big draws that they transcended wrestling. Like, not even Ric Flair was as big of a draw as Hulk Hogan was. People will still say Ric Flair was an A-plus player. And Eddie has so much more to do. It's also based on potential because he was going to do so much more. He was going to have that match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 22. There was so much left for Eddie to do. And uh, Reason yep. 34, cool merchandise. We've already said this a billion times, but Eddie Grove's t-shirt's a badass. Like, he has one of the Scarface image where it's, it's him on there and it says Latino Heat. He has the one with the roses, the iconic one, the I'm Your Poppy shirt. So many others, man. Just, he was great. Well, what more can I say? Just cool merchandise. Said, yeah, reason 35, I'm your poppy. <laughs> that t-shirt. If you wear that t-shirt in public, you're going to get noticed. You just are. It's such it's such a, an eye-catching catchphrase. And people won't even know that it's wrestling. They'll just be like, wait, you, that, your shirt says I'm your poppy. That's awesome. That's hilarious, you know? Well, Kevin, the best shirts, well, the best wrestling shirts are ones that you can't tell are wrestling shirts, yep. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Ones that are just fashionable, cool. Like, I... Maybe it's just me. Um, I don't want to just buy shirts to walk around showing off wrestling. Maybe that's just me, Kevin. Or maybe it's just, I guess, I don't know. I find wrestling that cool. But I think shirts like the I'm Your Puppy, I mean, the Latino Heat one, I've worn to clubs myself. It, it, it's just, it's a great shirt to wear around. Like, the, I mean, the Latino Heat one gets eyeballs. Trust me, I can tell you that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Reason 36, he's a great, he was a great father. He put his kids and his wife first. He loved them dearly. And you never hear his kids say anything about how, like, how he mistreated them or anything like that. They all, Vicky always has great things to say about him. He was a great father and great husband. Reason 36. So yeah, 30, 37, just an inspiration. Just, he he really was. You could see it. I mean, Sasha Banks. What, what, what do I need to say? The, the, the inspiration that, that Eddie Guerrero had on her. That's her favorite wrestler. She does the frog splash. She oftentimes tributes him with her gear. And we've seen, how many wrestlers have we seen? Seth Rollins does the frog splash. Kevin Owens does the frog splash. So, so many people do it in, a, in Ode to Eddie. Well, it's not even, yeah, it's like Frog Splash is a good example. It's just it's just like little things, you know, like the whole, you know, you have wrestlers using some of the, the tactics of Eddie in the like last 15 years to pay homage to him. Like the, the thing with the chair that Eddie made famous, which you mentioned before, the, you know, throws the chair at his opponent and the referee looks and that. Like we've seen that that many times. That's an Ode to Eddie. Little just other Eddieisms, you know, just, yeah, definitely. Did, did, did it barely do a remake of Eddie too? Like, what the past year in the pandemic era where she sat in a chair and like t- and did story time did it did yes it- yeah, we've seen that that many times in the past two years i mean we, we saw god forbid your favorite miz was doing that the story time <laughs> you know yeah, the, the, yeah. the shakespearean play with drew mal that was terrible but nonetheless nonetheless um that, that was pretty good and then moving on 38 never a dull segment like kevin when eddie was on you weren't thinking oh kill me i'll change the channel i'd rather be dead than watch this like, I mean, nowadays when you watch Raw, that's what the feeling you get for most of the show. But with Eddie, 
I mean, you know, this, you're watching this live, but when I go back and watch these SmackDowns from like 02, 03, 04, 05, I'm thinking to myself, what's he going to do now? <laughs> like, what have we got in store for us? Yeah, yeah. It was never like, you never saw Eddie phoning it in. You never saw him just cutting a generic wrestler A, wrestler B promo. He was always trying to be edgy, trying to be different. And Reason 39, he had great, memorable TV matches. Like, yeah, a lot of people have good TV matches, but Eddie, some of Eddie's best matches, like with RVD, with Edge, that we already talked about, they took place on TV. A lot of his matches in WCW, they were on Nitro. They were stealing the show. They were having pay-per-view quality matches every single night on Nitro. You could easily go back and watch them 25 years later, and they'll stand the test of time. And yeah, Reason 40, the latter match was RVD on Raw in 2002. He and RVD, they had great chemistry. I mean, this match really made the list because it's probably the best. But the trilogy of matches he had with RVD throughout their career. They had three really big matches. I think one was at Vengeance and another one was on Raw, if I'm not mistaken. And they were all great. Just go back and watch them if you haven't seen them. <clears throat> yeah, too good. I mean, his matches were just... I mean, there's just a number of them, really. Like, you look at Eddie and it's just like... I mean, we, we probably... In the course of this 100 reasons, I don't know exactly, but probably about 10 to 20 are just these different, like, awesome matches Eddie has, which are all memorable in their own different regards. So, yeah, Absolutely. awesome, awesome stuff. And the reason 41, yeah. he won a match at WrestleMania 17. It's not the biggest deal, but he was on the card and he won a match. And uh, reason 42, it's the best WrestleMania of all time. You got to throw it on there. Reason 42, the Radicals. I mean, yeah. Good. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, someone, you might go, well, like, won a match at WrestleMania 17, who cares? But it's like, that's the best wrestling show ever. And I mean, Eddie won a match and walked out you know, European champion. It's like, it's a cool little feather in the cap. You know, it's something that's worth mentioning. It's just, one just another one thing that he's done, pal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, reason forty two: the Radicals, Eddie Guerrero, Petty, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit. Reason forty three: they had a great, memorable WWE debut. It's it's one of those one of the most memorable debuts in wrestling history. You're gonna remember it. You, you got those guys. It was Raw two thousand. All four guys show up in the crowd. It's like, oh my god, is are we getting a WCW invasion? Those are guys from WCW. What is happening? It was nobody. It was chaos. Nobody knew what was going on. Right, it was just one of those moments, man. I, and I, I know you're ready to talk about the next reason. So I just let's just. Go oh, there we go. Um, we've, we've got to do these. We've got to do these. So yeah, I mean, we mentioned the radicals there. Yeah, forty-two, forty-three. They're the radical reasons. Then we move on to forty-four, Kevin. Th- these are segments that stand the test of time. <laughs> forty-four, JBL racism. Now, what we mean by this? JBL had a number of promos, <laughs> segments, I guess, just general antics towards Eddie Guerrero, which. Yes, we're including JBL's racism towards Eddie on a, a list of 100 reasons why Eddie's awesome. Stuff like this was so entertaining, so funny. You, you take this for what it is. Like People nowadays will interpret these JBL segments as horribly disgusting. JBL should be you know, banned from the internet, blah, blah, blah. But in the context of 2004, just entertainment television, JBL's blatant racism towards Mexicans was just hilarious content. It's just, it's take of what it is. It's funny, Kevin. Is that, you know, is that right? Absolutely. It is right. <laughs> I find it funny. You know, I, I don't, I don't get bothered by it. Like it's, it's funny, bro. It's, it, you can make fun of yourself. It, it's, you can embrace stereotypes, of your culture and make fun of it. Like not, not everything has to be so PC. And, and it was, we just had so much great stuff for this. We had JBL giving Eddie's mom a heart attack at a live event. You know, you That's had awful. just, That's just like dude, these two guys, they were best friends in real life. Eddie was JB, um, oh, geez, Eddie was JBL's best man at his wedding. Yeah, reason 45, the Mexican border segment. Just this was so good, just so good. You got JBL <laughs> hunting Mexicans at the Mexican American border, 
kicking Mexicans out of the great the great US of A, pal. Like, go back and watch this segment. JPL's literally hunting them like they're deers. <laughs> oh. legendary. Like, you've been saying this. Um, I mean, ideally, Kevin, you throw a little clip in the video just so some people can just see what this looked like. We had just, you had a, like an overweight, I guess, man of Latino, uh, Latino background. Literally, like, the, I, I'm pretty sure the WWE producer made them rub dirt on their face just to add more effect to this. And then you have JB on the middle of the night, angrily, in like a hushed tone, angry whisper, talking about how, you know, he's the great United States and Mexicans shouldn't be allowed in the country. And he's going on and on and just doing this, like, horribly racially insensitive promo. And then he's got his, like, torch and he's, he starts running off about a minute and a half of bad mouthing Mexicans. And he's yelling, Oh, you're a speaking Mexican. And he's just, he's yelling at this guy, he kicks him in the backside. <laughs> this fat guy falls over. And then there's, like, this crowd of Mexicans, like, it's like it's a herd almost. Just runs away screaming. And JBL's like, it's, it's, it's just such a ridiculous segment. It's legendary. Uh, it's over the top. Like, legendary. Shout out to Eddie Grove for allowing that to happen. The uh, reason 46, the JBL feud. And 47, the JBL Bull Rope match at Great American Bash 04. If you haven't seen this match, I highly recommend you do. It's another really, I'd say probably an infamous match because of how much Eddie bled. Like Eddie literally almost bled to death on pay-per-view. That's how much he loved this business. And he was willing to bleed to death for this business, pal. That's that's the greatness of Eddie Guerrero right there. Tell him. Incredible. Incredible. Like, yeah, I mean, we saw something similar with Cena the following year at Judgment Day 05. But like Eddie at Great American Bash 04 was just... I mean, he could have died in that match legitimately. Like, just ridiculous. Like, I mean, that, that deathmatch wrestling style, not this was a deathmatch, I mean, it was a bull rope match where Eddie bled a lot, but just, like, when there's that much blood involved, I mean, mad respect to Eddie for going through with that. I mean, it's just one of the reasons why he's awesome now. Absolutely. Then 48, all his peers love him. Anytime anybody is doing a shoot interview and they're talking about Eddie Guerrero, they're telling a funny story or they're talking about how much Eddie, how good of a friend Eddie was, how much he loved his family. If anyone out there is watching this, Please, and you and you can find someone saying something negative about Eddie. I'd love to hear it. I, I would be fascinated because I've never heard anybody say anything negative about him ever. Yeah, you don't you don't have these kayfabe commentaries, interviews with Sean Oliver where you've got like Hurricane Helms do, doing some thirty minute like shoot about how Eddie was a terrible person. And Eddie took a dump in his bag and Eddie harassed him backstage in the locker room on a, a SmackDown taping and you know some random part of Muskoka, Ontario, Canada, like. We don't get that with Eddie. Like, with Eddie, it's unanimously positive. People don't have a bad real thing to say about him, and that's glorious. You know, you've got to commend that. Absolutely. And then reasons 49 and 50. 49, his iconic entrance, and 50, the lowrider. His entrance is one of the most memorable entrances ever. And the lowrider, how damn cool was that? How awesome was that? You see Eddie Guerrero coming out with the lowrider, with, the, you know, he's got, he's got the extensions on him, he's making the, the tires jump. Just... It's just very cool. They tried to redo it a little bit with Alberto Del Rio, but it just didn't hit the same. But, man, I mean, the lowrider, it was just awesome. Awesome stuff. Yep, for sure. I mean, just the entrance, all of it. Like, it's just, it was the full package of Eddie. I mean, we 50 reasons deep, and I mean, there's still 50 more to go. It's just like, you look at this guy, like, the entrance, I mean, the JBL stuff, I mean, there's two. The, the Eddie praise, we could go on and on, and we will. We will continue, pal. We will continue. Absolutely. Yeah, reason 51, he had great gear. The, the gear just, you know, the red, the red, black gear with the the fire coming out of it. Just the flames. Awesome. Awesome gear. And we see people, again, people try to emulate his gear. They pay tribute to him by wearing his gear. That, I mean, that's a gear. Gear is not a big thing, but if it's done right, it can be memorable. And Eddie was, uh, was proof of that, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, Eddie, Eddie's gear just stands out. I mean, there's it. it... 
Really, I mean, look, look at your channel. It's, it's like the main theme for your channel, like that hate theme. You know, like, it's just... Dive. Exactly. Really dark. Very inspirational, pal. Reason 52, yeah. he's beloved by all wrestling fans. Everybody loves Eddie. Everybody has a soft spot for Eddie Guerrero. You just, you don't, you rarely see anybody say they don't like Eddie as a wrestler. They didn't like him as a personality. Because he had, a, he has something for everybody. If people that like storytelling, he could, he could do storytelling. He had the good work rate matches on the indies and in, in Japan and in WCW and ECW. He appealed to all demographics in the in the wrestling fandom. He sure did. He sure did. I mean, yeah. He, he, there wasn't a demographic who, like, hated Eddie. Like, you know, I mean, he had the believability that made anti Smarks, you know, like him. He had the great wrestling background that made Smarks like him. He, he had, you know, drew casuals with his entertainment value. Just, yeah, awesome. So, reason 53... The parking lot brawl versus John Cena from SmackDown 2003. How many TV matches have we mentioned already throughout the course of this video? And we're only at reason 53. What, we've mentioned like three or four TV matches? It's another just, just known to Eddie's greatness. Yeah, like this guy like, understood the TV match. It wasn't just a bunch of good, like moves executed without you know any thought behind it. Like Eddie, as we've been over in the first I mean, 52 reasons now, and this is 53, he just, he just got the business. I mean, this one, the Pine Lot Brawl vs. Cena, Kevin. I mean, this was straight from your heyday. This is a match which I've gone back and watched several times. It's just two guys on the come up for the most part, just going to work. Just awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're listening to this video right now and you started watching wrestling in like 2014, 2015, and you haven't seen this match, I implore you to go watch it. Like, it'll make you fall in love with Eddie Guerrero and John Cena in a different way. It's just... It's really it's a classic from when like Cena was basically a nobody here in two thousand three. He was years away from becoming an A list celebrity. He was like like what what could you compare John Cena in 03 at this time to someone from today? He's kinda of like Drew McIntyre, maybe, like somebody about to break out. Yeah, I guess you could say like twenty nineteen Drew McIntyre, I guess. That's a reasonable one, maybe. But yeah, just generally like this, this match was just amazing, Kevin. So, yeah, if you haven't seen this match, go check it out. That's 53. Then, Kevin, 54. His legacy, I mean, you can use the word great, fantastic. Just generally his legacy, Kevin. I mean, we've kind of alluded to this before, but, I mean, you can speak to this. It, like, it's just such a positively remembered superstar that is Eddie Guerrero, like, honestly. Yeah, there's very few people like this. Like, you think about Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's ruined his legacy. Hulk Hogan stayed around long enough to ruin it. Uh, you know, you have a guy like Ric Flair, who Ric Flair has a great legacy, but there's still people that find a way to hate on him. Like, you got people burying him in shoot interviews. There's yeah. not very many flaws in Eddie Guerrero's legacy. Like, there's just, you know, he's remembered as, like, a great character, great human being, great wrestler, and people just choose to remember him positively. He has a great resume. He's been, you know, that his moments, so like, his vignettes and his title wins are all remembered fondly. Then, yeah, and this will tie it together. Reason 55. He had a wonderful tribute show. The the SmackDown, the Eddie Guerrero tribute show, that's probably, I, I think you'll agree with the, with me on this. I, I won't say probably, I'll say that was the most emotional episode of any wrestling show that we've ever seen. Like, the emotion, you've got everybody crying, from Batista to Triple H to John Cena to Rey Mysterio and then the chilling interview that Benoit gave. Just, would you agree that it's the most emotional show that we've ever had? Absolutely. And I think a testament to, I mean, what Eddie did for his peers backstage, how beloved and respected he was, 
was, I mean, you look at the, the, the talent and the people who are on that show. I mean, that, that was a who's who of just all-time great WWE, like, superstars. And you got, like, the who's who, like, sobbing and breaking down of Eddie's, you know, tragic passing. It's just an incredible tribute show, a brilliant just piece of television. They, they honored him so well. And it's just, it's, it's a tribute show that you can go back and watch. And it still, I mean, it still makes you, like, you know, shed a tear, like, genuinely. It's just awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Absolutely. At 56, he's beloved 16 years after his death. Look no further than, like, 10 days ago when wrestling Twitter exploded because somebody slandered Eddie Guerrero. That that says enough. There are people showering Eddie Guerrero with praise. Like that that's all I need to say. That fifty seven just, just really with, with that one. And that was as well, that was like two people. You know, like two takes about Eddie, you know, not being an A plus player or being a bit overrated. And the community just swamped them. You know, and as it goes to show you just you know, the, the amount of just general respect for Eddie Guerrero just awesome. Absolutely. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit there. I didn't even let you talk. So Damn it, pal. <laughs> yeah, uh, my apologies. And yeah, reason 57. This is a little bit lighthearted, but he's Dominic's father. <laughs> Everybody knows it's true. We know it. it. People still reference this to this day, and that storyline was 15 years ago. And people still go, oh, he's Eddie's father. This is great, isn't it? Wait, so does that make him Aaliyah's father as well? <laughs> um, oh. Moving on, moving on. Next up, 58, face of the Cruiserweight division in WCW. Like, the Cruiserweights in WCW... I mean, we're not going to do like a whole WCW analysis, but you had the, like the, the big boy, where the big boys play, you got Hogan, Savage, Flair, you know, NWO, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the real underlying talent on the show was what would open the show every night. It would be the Cruiserweight division, and Eddie Guerrero was the, either the face of it or one of the couple of faces of it. I mean, Rey Mysterio, Juventud Guerrero, you had Jericho, Psychosis, I mean, Dean Malenko, you, you name them. This WCW Cruiserweight division with Eddie near, near the helm, if not at the helm, Kevin. Fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, uh, this is what I'll, I'll leave you with this for this reason. In 20, what was it, 2017 when 205 Live was created, TJ Perkins was the face of that. WCW in 1996 had Eddie Guerrero at the face of their Cruiserweight division. Enough said. TJ who? <laughs> TJ P-Pal. Oh, it's only got cancelled on Twitter. Gotcha, gotcha. Ne- next up, moving on. Reason 59, the LWO. Kevin, you speak to this. I mean, Eddie was a part of some awesome stuff. This was just, this is up there, surely. Yeah, this is this is the Latino version of the NWO. I, I don't really know a lot about this. I, I This is before my time. But what I do know is that the LWO t-shirt is awesome. Like, that's the main reason why this re- why this is here. I'm, I'm not going to lie and say I watched WCW. I was too young. The LWO t-shirt is iconic. I love it, personally. I mean, yeah, it's also, it was one of these, like, the NWO had, like, 400 spinoffs. You had, like, NWO Dark Pink, NWO Maroon, like, there was an NWO spinoff for everything. This LWO one was one of the best ones. I mean, you had, like, the Blue World Order and all this crap. The LWO, as far as spinoffs goes, I'd say the LWO is better than NWO Wolfpack and all that crap. I mean, the LWO is probably the best spinoff of the NWO. Probably. I think most people that were there in, in that time would agree. I'm sure we'll hear from an older fan in the comments, so let us know. Yeah, so I'm being like, oh my god, Elias knows nothing. Wolfpack was clearly better because of this segment on Thunder. Go, go and learn history. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're fired up tonight, pal. <laughs> so, um, Damn it, pal. Moving on to Reason 60, this one is the perfect reason for me to say. So Reason 60, the, the way Vince McMahon says his name, oh, it's Eddie Guerrero! Eddie Guerrero! Get out of that damn ring, pal! Eddie! <laughs> Eddie, oh yeah, oh yeah, pal. The way Vince says Eddie's name is just—you can use the real Vince inflection and real passion with the Vince McMahon voice. Oh, bloody good! It's bloody good, Kevin. Love it. 
Yeah, I'm not even gonna try to top that. Reason sixty one. His name means warrior. Guerrero in in Spanish is translated into warrior. It's just it's awesome. It doesn't get any better than that. It's a cool name, Eddie Guerrero. That sounds like someone larger than life, doesn't it? Like the name is such a crucial part of a wrestler, in my opinion. Kevin, don't be hating. Kevin, what about a name like The Miz? The Miz is larger than life. Okay, (laughs) come on. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. Reason 62. He did not screw people over backstage. To, to my knowledge, I've never heard of anyone be like, oh, yeah, Eddie Guerrero was, was quite the politician. I don't think Eddie Guerrero ever said, oh, that doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah, what, what, like, have you heard of any of this? Can you attest to this? What, what, give me something here, pal. No, I mean, like, Eddie's not one of those guys who you're going to watch, like, a kayfabe commentary just shoot interview with Sean Helms. <laughs> And Sean Helms is like a 15-minute tirade about Eddie was like a terrible person. Like, these things don't exist. You know, like, they, these stories exist for, like, you know, your Bischoffs of the world, your Hogan's, even, like, you know, stories like, like, Russo. And we all know the, the people in the wrestling business who have these stories and shooting interviews associated with them. Eddie has none of them. Like, you, you'd have to try consciously very hard to look for Eddie, Eddie Grove shoot stories. And even then, I don't even think there are any, so. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's 63, one of his other famous catchphrases, Viva la raza. It, people still remember it. It still hits home. It's still cool. Like, it, it's a cool saying for the Mexican culture. And Eddie Guerrero, again, wearing his heart in his sleeve, he always represented Mexican culture no matter what. How, how awesome is that? Just an awesome catchphrase. I mean, not much really to elaborate on with this. Like, it's a catchphrase, but yeah, awesome phrase. Just cool. So. All right, reason 64, an iconic theme song. Uh, my, my favorite theme song, uh, one of the best. Really, that you know, that the chorus, the lie, cheat, and steal, and iconic, it stands out. What happened to lyrics in theme songs and wrestling? Can you tell me that? What happened? I wish I knew. I like, I mean, like, oh, look, look, compare Eddie's theme song, the iconic, memorable song it was, to I mean, I can't even name a wrestler and I, I associate their theme song like nowadays. Like, what was even Keith Lee's theme song? Some like ninth version rundown remix of the Baskin's Glory song where it's a bunch of just like 8-bit music playing you're thinking what is this whereas with like Eddie Guerrero's theme song like people knew that song it was on these songs it wasn't just like oh well unless you're in the the very intense wrestling Twitter bubble you'll know it no like everyone knew Eddie's theme song Kevin just absolutely then yeah 65 Taz's commentary when he won the WWE title at No Way Out no he cheated Cole he cheated Eddie cheated iconic it's one of the best calls in WWE history. Just exactly. I I've never really anything else about that. Just an iconic call. Then sixty six, he was a great WWE champion. For like the reign he had, I mean, some people would probably be like, "Oh, the reign wasn't that good." Like the the the, the one or two Eddie Guerrero haters on Twitter will probably say that. But in reality, I mean, look at the reign he had. He had the incredible title win, which we've spoken about. And then what do you do at WrestleMania 20? Kevin walk us through that. Yeah, he, he defends the title against Kurt Angle and has one of the most creative finishes to any wrestling match that, that we ever saw take place. And then what else did he do after that? He creates a star in JBL. That title reign created a star. He made, he, he made the guy that ended up making the franchise of the company. Eddie got JBL ready for John Cena. A lot of people don't understand that. Without yeah. Eddie Guerrero, there is no JBL, and then there is no John Cena getting this big crowning moment. Yeah, Cena would have happened eventually at some point, but it all just worked out, and it all became a perfect storm in 05. Well, what would what would JBL's title run and that whole SmackDown 04 period have been without Eddie's involvement? So let's say JBL wins the title from, I don't know, Randy Orton, some random bum like Randy Orton. 
what happens then? You know, he has a couple of feuds to like Booker T and like that's like it and the cabinet. Like, I mean, would you think Cena would have been anywhere near the star out off rip at WrestleMania 21 if that was the case? No, instead we had JBL as we've been over in previous reasons, kicking Mexicans at the border, giving Eddie's mother a heart attack, <laughs> having like these bloody like death matches on pay-per-view. Like, awesome, awesome. Yeah, he was a great WWE champion. And then on top of that, Reason 67, he's a great ambassador for WWE. There's literally footage of Eddie like greeting people at house shows, hugging them. I get you. If I guarantee, if you saw Eddie Guerrero in an airport when he was WWE champion, he'd probably stop and take a picture with you. And I'm sure some of you have a picture out there with Eddie Guerrero that you cherish to this day. I'm sure. It's just he was just a, a great representative of the WWE brand. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't actively employed by the company doing shoots on like interviews and on Twitter about how he's being misbooked and how Vince McMahon should treat him better and how he deserves better because he's Eddie Guerrero. Like Eddie was just. He was the, the constant ambassador for well, anything, really. He, he you know, had a positive reputation. Just awesome. Awesome stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, Reason 68. Reason 68 is 69. Two of his iconic t-shirts. The Latino Heat t-shirt with, with the with the flowers on it. And then the I'm Your Poppy t-shirt. That's still a part of culture. People will recognize that shirt. Like, if that's a shirt if you're wearing in public, People, someone's going to come up to you and be like, oh, cool shirt, bro. Or someone's going to be like, oh, I love Eddie too. Like, you're going to get recognized with that shirt on. And it's going to create a conversation and it's going to feel cool. You're going to feel a part of something. Well, I mean, Kevin, we can both attest to this. I mean, if females at nightclubs especially love both of those shirts, um, I can attest to 68, the Latino Heat one. I mean, my one was just like, I mean, it, this happened like three times in one night as well. It's like, you can barely hear yourself think. You got like music blasting. And then you just have like this, like, you know, females just like, oh, nice shirt. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. Eddie's cool. <laughs> just like... So I was at the doctor's office. Here's another true story. I, I was at the doctor's office and I was wearing. You're visiting Dr. Shelby, were you? You're visiting Dr. Shelby? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I go up to the, to the, I'm wearing my Latino Heat shirt. The one that has Eddie as like Scarface. And I, and I go to the, the girl at the, at the front desk. And she's like, that is an awesome shirt. Like, I love your shirt. And I'm just like, oh, thanks. Like, what other wrestling t-shirt will you wear to the doctor's office? And the secretary behind the desk is going to compliment you on your t-shirt. They're not complimenting you on a ricochet t-shirt. But, you know? but Kevin, if you, wore, if you wore the Otis shirt, which had a, <laughs> a, like a tin of peaches saying, my peach, and a picture of Mandy... <laughs> If you're wearing that shirt, you wouldn't have the receptionist of the doctors say, OMG, amazing shirt. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, so some 38-year-old woman that probably has, like, three kids, lives a normal life, <laughs> does not watch wrestling at all, is not going to be like, oh, that's a great Buddy Murphy t-shirt, or that that t-shirt, that, that, <laughs> that RK Bro t-shirt, that t-shirt with a snake and a scooter on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love your t-shirt. Oh, Buddy Murphy's the best kept secret, pal. All my four sons are going to watch Buddy Murphy and buy his merch, too, damn it. <laughs> God almighty. That this, just this, speaks this, to this how cool Eddie is. Go ahead, oh. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's totally gone off the rails. But the point is, the Latino Heat shirt and I'm your puppy shirt, just basically all of Eddie's shirts were cool. And that's that's all you can ask for, for wrestling merchandise. Okay, wrestling merchandise, like for shirts-wise, just we people want cool shirts, okay? Hardly anyone wants wrestling shirts. They want cool shirts. So that being said, we move on to reason seventy. Custom WWE title, Michael. 
Over to you, Kevin. Walk us through this one. Yeah, the, I don't know if, if you all have seen this. I'll put a picture of it on the screen. There's a replica Eddie Guerrero t-shirt that WWE sells. It's got, like, the red leather strap. It's in, like, the Latino heat colors. It's just a great piece of merchandise, people. There's not a lot to say here. It's just a great piece of merchandise. Then Reason oh, 71, yeah. he's got a great name. We touched on this already. He's got a exactly. great name. Like, Eddie Guerrero, that sounds like, he sounds like someone. It's like, he may not be, you know, he might not be a wrestler. He might, you know, maybe he's a boxer. Maybe he's an actor, but he's somebody. That's a cool name. It's a name you put on a marquee, and you'd be like, oh, hey, girl, that's a cool, cool name. It's not, it's not like a name. I mean, I touched on this before. It's not like you say The Miz on, the, on a marquee and think, oh, God, I'm going to avoid that movie like The Black Death. You know, like, you say Eddie Guerrero and think, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I effort that name. You know, that's, that's just what you, you think when you, you say Eddie Guerrero Mago. <laughs> oh man and reason 72 he's got a great family legacy how many people in his family are well-renowned wrestlers you know you got chavo guerrero still going gory guerrero uh chavo guerrero senior like there's just it's just a, a lineage of mexican wrestlers and the guerrero family they're just they're royalty out there in the lucha libre culture yeah perfectly put Perfectly put. It's just, it's one. It's one of the you know biggest, most, I guess, renowned and respected families in the wrestling business, like and just generally. So yeah, that's that's seventy two. Moving on, seventy three overcame trials in his life. Now this one I want to emphasize because a couple of the reasons in here, like you know, like the inspiration reason and whatnot. The the, the one to two Eddie haters on Twitter will probably rebut that by going, "Well, he was a drug addict, but how's he an inspiration?" Look at this reason here. He overcame them. And became a great role model and leader, Kevin. Okay, Eddie was no saint from the day he was born. That's common sense. But the fact of the matter is, he overcame all of that and became a genuine inspiration for a community and a society and just a whole wrestling fan base. So, yeah, big respect, Eddie. This is Eddie Guerrero. This is what a little bit of his real life story. He becomes a, a you know a pill addict, alcoholic. He's to the point where he's just recklessly driving, gets in a terrible car accident. He's severely injured. Then eventually he loses his wife over this addiction. They separate for a while. He can't be around the kids. He gets fired from WWE. What did he do? He didn't complain. He didn't go on Twitter. He didn't, well, not Twitter, but he didn't like go complain. You know, he, he went to the indies. He got clean. He worked indies. You can find footage of him working with like Daniel Bryan, I think, or CM Punk. I think he has a match with CM Punk that's out there from like 0203. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And he went. Got his life back together, got sober, became WWE champion two years later. Two years prior to him being WWE champion, he was wrestling on the indies for like 50 bucks. Just, he overcame all those things. It was great. Then Reason 74. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Exactly. Reason 74. Yeah. He was way ahead of his time. You could take 1995 Eddie Guerrero and you put him in 2021, he's going to be a top guy. He's going to make all yeah. these guys like Ricochet and, you know, Buddy Murphy and like Andrade and Angel Garza. He's going to make them all look terrible, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, like, Eddie does what they do, but you add in, I mean, the full five-tool package that we've been over already, and it just, it like, a bunch of guys nowadays are, like, you know, jacks of one trade, like, masters of, you know, one little act, but Eddie's, like, he was a master of many acts, so, yeah, just generally speaking, way ahead of his time in that regard. Then Kevin, 75. We, we've alluded to this one as well, as far as, like, his inspiration, but, I mean, 75, the frog splash. Yeah. Maybe say more. Oh, the... It's got to be one of the three most mimicked and emulated moves in wrestling. Finishing moves. You got like what the sweet chin music, 
That's like that's up there. And then probably the Frog Splash is probably number two. Like how many yeah, people maybe, do the maybe Frog Splash? Maybe Arpeo or That's about it. Like yeah, how yeah. many people do the do the Frog Splash? Like Seth Rollins does it. Kevin Owens does it. People do it during matches randomly. Like Sasha Banks will do it once in a while. Like a lot of people do it. And then yeah, his finisher is iconic. It's an iconic part of wrestling. Seventy six. It's just what else can you say? The Frog Splash is a great move. Everybody recognizes it. Um, yeah, RVD does it too. RVD does a great Frog Splash. It's just one of those moves that you 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 associate with wrestling. People will know it. it it's pen- it's like a part of culture in a way. Well, it's associated with a wrestler like fondly. Like it, it's not like the super kick now, which we used to associate with Shawn Michaels. Now everyone and their mother does it. So they don't have any association. But you look at this, the Frog Splash, and regardless of whether it's Sasha Banks or RVD at an Impact show or someone doing a tribute, or you have Montez Ford doing it, like and getting up to the clouds, like you think of Eddie when you see it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Iconic finisher. The 77, it's the most emulated top rope finisher. I mean, th- th- this one, we kind of alluded to it before, but as far as finishes being, you know, done in public and, you know, people trying wrestling moves at home, the frog splash is up there. Whenever you climb up to something, you're going to do a frog splash because it's a bit more safe than trying to do like a moonsault, you know, and at the same time, it's Eddie's thing. It's cool. So, yeah. Absolutely. The reason 78, keep it up with his moves. The three amigos. Yeah, nobody does it better. We all know the three amigos, the, the, the three snap suplexes. People do it as a tribute now, and they get cheered, and they get applauded. They get applause. It just speaks to like everything that we've talked about, just how inspirational, how great he was. It's one of those just recognizable signature moves. Damn right. Damn, just, but yeah, you, now you see, you'll see wrestler nowadays go for it. I, mean, I remember Punk used to do some of these. Sasha does them. Um, there's definitely something else I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Um, if you want to remind me, feel free. But yeah, you see it nowadays, and yeah, crowd loves it. It's really, it's a really good sequence of, for a signature move. So yeah, it gets the crowd involved. And that's really all you can ask for in wrestling. So yeah, that's seventy eight. Then seventy nine, Kevin. Oh, this this one's one. hilarious. Just I'll, I'll I'll rate it off, and you can just go go on a tirade about this. Seventy nine, beat up Daniel Pewter for not taking the business seriously. This is great. For those of you that haven't seen this, just type in Daniel Pewter two thousand four Royal Rumble or. 2000 is it 2004 no 2005 Royal yeah. Rumble yeah and you, you'll find this great clip of Chris Benoit Eddie Guerrero and Hardcore Holly just beating the life out of Daniel Pewter just like they're just shoot they're just hitting him with shoot chops you got Hardcore <laughs> Holly dropping him on the back of his head like super hard <laughs> like it's just it's brutal and I'm surprised Daniel Pewter didn't make it after taking his beating it's really like it's just it's just like a synonymous thing. Like, yeah, people will look at it like maybe nowadays people look at it and be more sensitive about it. But back then it yeah. was like, look, you have this guy who thinks he's better than everyone because he's an MMA fighter. And he's like he thinks he's this real athlete. We're going to put him in his place. And that's exactly what Eddie Benoit and, and Hardcore Holly did. For sure. just it's, It makes that one minute clip of like a compilation of all like the hard shoot shots they did on him is just hilarious. Like, oh, hilarious. It, it, it kind of hurts to watch because you can just feel just, it's almost like you, you can just feel the chops when you're watching it because they're that like legit. So, yeah, that's 79. Then 80, hilarious vignettes. Okay, Eddie, he, he had the entertainment biz we talked about in droves, but really he had that sense of humor and it came off on screen. Like, uh, you know, b- backstage, some guys have great sense of humor, but it just, it, it doesn't come off well on screen. Whereas Eddie, his sense of humor, like, Segments just generally backstage, Kevin, which is great. Oh, yeah. Those vignettes that were done as part of Los Guerreros, where, Ch- where Eddie and Chavo, they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're like the valet and they steal somebody's car. 
they go to knock on people's houses, say they're the pool boys, they're the landscapers. Like, it's just funny stuff, man. We just don't see that anymore in wrestling. And it wasn't like a lot of people were doing stuff like this back then either. It was like, you know, Vince would have a crazy vignette where he's like, you know, he's like, uh, he's making Candice Michelle speak in tongues. <laughs> and then like <laughs> 10 minutes later, we get a segment where Eddie and Chavo are like telling people they're landscapers. So it wasn't, <laughs> what a time to be alive in the Ruthless Aggression era. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince McMahon, like, legitimately using the N word backstage, and you cut to a segment with like Eddie and Chavo being landscapers. Like, well, what, what a comparison, pal. So, yeah, that's 80. Then moving on, 81. Kevin, Eddie gave Big Show bad burritos, pal. I mean, honestly, <laughs> it, how can you not love that? The classic Eddie segment. Yeah, he has a bunch of burritos delivered, and Big Show eats them. And then, yeah, he's in the bathroom and, like, Eddie's picking on him. Like, he kicks the bathroom door down. Big Show's just, like, he's relieving himself in the bathroom. It's just, it's a great segment, man. It's so, it's just, again, we don't see stuff like this in wrestling. I keep saying it, but it's just true. And yeah, uh, 82, Los Guerreros pretend to be pool repairmen. <laughs> go back and find that segment. <laughs> I, just go back and find it. I spoke about it already, but go find it. 83, he's a great United States champion. Am I right? Like, what, what did you think about Eddie's United States championship run? I think he's one of the best, like, U.S. champions, I think. Um, because, I mean, as far as U.S. champions, I've seen, seen as the best U.S. champion ever. Um, and then from there, I mean, yeah, Eddie's definitely objectively top 10, I'd say. Um, it's just, like, it's, it's, a, it's a rain you remember. He fit that belt to a T. He was having great mid-card matches. There were some fun stories and programs in there. I just think generally just a fun rain and just fun time as Eddie's champion, I think. Yeah, he could do it all. And this was proof. He could be anywhere on the card. And then 84, great tag team champion. Didn't matter what it was. You put you put any kind of belt on Eddie, he was going to elevate it, make it better, make it important, make it mean something. And that's exactly what he did with the tag team titles. Yeah, and he could, also, he could be tag team champion with Chavo, you know, as the Guerrero's act, or it could be with Batista. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, well, he has to be with this one person else. It doesn't work for Eddie. Like, no, it was, it was flexible. I mean, it worked really well. So that's 84. Then 85, this is an iconic segment. Um, it happened nowadays. And it, it's something that's happened nowadays in the company like AEW. The, the clip would be shared around virally, and then you have Tony Khan copyright striking all the clips. But nonetheless, Kevin, 85, Brock Lesnar, Marachi Band. Okay, Mariachi Band. Just wow. wow. I, love, I love the little AEW jab in there. But yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar bringing out a Mariachi Band to make fun of Eddie and his heritage definitely would not fly today. Not in 2021. No way, shape, or form. It would not fly. It's really insane to me that Brock Lesnar, the Brock Lesnar, like the one behind 21 and 1, the guy who ended Undertaker's streak, like the biggest UFC fighter in the planet. <laughs> Back in the day, he was out doing these kind of crazy segments. It's This is Brock Lesnar unlike any way you've ever seen him on TV screen. This is proof that Brock Lesnar can be entertaining if you want it to be. Brock can do whatever the, the hell he feels like. And saying Boombox Brock in 2019 and this... I mean, this was, this was ridiculous, my guy. <laughs> yes. Like, this was... Like, I, I, it, it's hard to say if you haven't seen this. If you haven't seen the Brock Mariachi band segment, like, nowadays, you have wrestling Twitter being like, oh, this is WWE's a disgusting, racist company. But <laughs> in reality, it was just... It was a funny wrestling segment. Take it for what it was. It was just, it was just jokes. You have this six-foot-three, once-in-a-lifetime freak athlete, NCAA champion, you know, biggest, like, biggest star athlete on the planet, coming out there with a humongous... Um, just like, oh, what's the name of the hats, Kevin? Sombrero. I forgot. But yeah, Sombrero. 
He's a, he's a massive sombrero, and he's got his like, cheesy little guitar. He's like, he's dancing around. It's just, just ridiculous, bro. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, 86, the Pulp Fiction commercial for WrestleMania 21. Uh, this was just, it's a great, like, WrestleMania vignette. Or, I guess, like, promo. Good commercial. It's just him and Booker T, they're reenacting Pulp Fiction, the famous movie. What more is there to say? It's just cool, yeah, man. It's probably one of the best. I'd probably, it's probably the best um, one they did as far. Because Mania 21, when they went Hollywood, they did the, um, obviously, the skits where you have the wrestlers doing famous Hollywood scenes, which, by the way, try that again in 20, what, 2023, WWE, when you go Hollywood again, please. Granted, the wrestlers nowadays can't act, but please try it to be fun. Um, but when it comes to this one, like Eddie and Booker T nailed this. Like this was dope. Like it acted out really well, and it was. I remember this clearly. So yeah, awesome stuff. Imagine, imagine you've got like the Miz and John Morrison <laughs> trying to reenact like Pineapple Express or like Step Brothers or something. Oh my god! No, Miz like jacking off a dripstick, and he's like spraying it all over John Morrison for the for the vignette. Oh, don't give it. Don't give WWE any ideas, pal. Um, They're already doing that. You got Mr. Dallas in a wheelchair, jacking off a dripstick and spraying fluid onto Dallas Susan. So, yeah, all good. Reason 87, he could excel anywhere on the card. You put him in the opener, like we talked about, in the WrestleMania. You put him in the middle. You put him in the mid card. You put him at at the top. Eddie's going to be fine. He could do it all. It wasn't like Sam Punk, where if he wasn't in the main event, he'll get pissy and leave. Like, Eddie could do anything and excel. Like, it's just. Brilliant. Eddie's just a class act. So yeah, that, that's eighty-seven. Reason eighty-eight. Best Latino wrestler ever. I mean, I guess some people on Twitter could argue on Drade Alito, but nonetheless, Kevin, eighty-eight. He's clearly the best Latino wrestler ever. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, this this um, it's more like personal preference. My personal preference. I think he's the best personally. You got, you know, you've got Rey Mysterio. You've got like maybe somebody will say Alberto Del Rio. I, I hope not. Oh God Almighty! Imagine, imagine you say that. If you say, if you comment Alberto Del Rio. Is the best Latino wrestler ever down below? Um, I mean, fair play, dear. Fair play. Yeah, you know, you got like Mil Mascaris, Penta, and Phoenix. Like, there's a lot of great Mexican wrestlers. I think I Eddie's I've got to acknowledge Rey Mysterio when I said that before. Yeah, Ray and Eddie are like, you know, you can debate them too. The rest of them, I don't think that's the case when you compare to Ray and Eddie. But yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree. Yeah, I mean, he's great. And reason 89, he got fired and became WWE champion. Uh, Drew McIntyre is really the only case that I can think of that's done this since Eddie. I don't think anyone else has, but you know, I mean, that's just great. A lot of people they get fired, they they lose their passion for wrestling. Like I said, Eddie went back to the Indies, and he be- and then two years later became WWE champion. It's pretty remarkable. Damn right. And then I mean, reason ninety, Kevin elevated Rey Mysterio. I mean, Rey was a guy who like he was always he was a good. Like in 2002, or 2002, 2003, especially in like 2004, he was being used, I mean, really as he should, like a really good cruiserweight talent. And that was really about it. But then Eddie put this guy over the, you know, I'm your puppy, blah, blah, the whole thing, him reading the book. And we've been over before, the whole feud over Dominic. And it made Rey Mysterio go from that just random cruiserweight guy, like your TJ Perkins type, we, we say. To a guy who was a legitimate, like, you could buy him as a definite mid-card champion and even got, like, a main event run. Like, awesome stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, not, not only did he make Rey Mysterio, Reason 91, he made John Cena. Elevated him to a different... Well, I wouldn't say he made John Cena, but he elevated John Cena to a different level. Before John Cena and Eddie had their couple matches, the parking lot brawl and their feud, it, Cena was just a guy who would come out, say a couple funny lines, and that was it. And then, like, when he feuded with Eddie, it was like, oh, wow, okay, wait. 
this is different. Like this guy can wrestle, you know, there was just, it just, it changed the perception of Cena in a lot of ways that I don't think people really remember or even look at. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cena goes from throwing packs of like little nuts at, at, at Big Show to being like the, the, the wrestling's last true mainstream star, Kevin. So awesome <laughs> stuff. They're 92. We can kind of fly through this because we literally said this like about 20 minutes ago. He made JBL. Like uh, without Eddie, Kevin, JBL is just, he's just a mid-card bum. He's a really entertaining heel who's damn good at his job, but he's not a main event heel who can put over a big dog like Cena. Yeah, and JBL has said this. This is not us talking crap. JBL has said in interviews and numerous times that Eddie Guerrero made the JBL character legitimate in the eyes of wrestling fans. It's just, it's, it's just plain and simple. And reason 93. Wrestling is missing something since he since he passed away. Sadly, like it just feels like, because it feels like there was so much more left for him to do. Like Eddie Guerrero felt like a guy after he won the title in '04 and then was feuding with Batista in '05 and was really hitting his stride. He felt like a guy that was just going to be around for a long time, and we were going to have him in like 2015, like as a you know a, a frisky veteran having a match with like Cena at a SummerSlam or something, or wrestling Daniel Bryan or Punk. Yeah. Like, it just felt like Eddie was going to be there. Like, he was going to be a, a made guy in WWE. Well, he was going to be very similar, I feel like, to what Chris Jericho ended up doing. Well, like, he, he can fit in any situation. You can have Eddie Guerrero get, arrange a little deal with Vince to wrestle a match in New Japan against, God knows, you know, Ibushi or whatever. And, like, Eddie can do that. Or Eddie can have a run for a couple of months in WWE, being the most entertaining part of Raw, doing you know, hilarious backstage segments in the middle of the card, or he can have that one last title run. He can have a shot at taking down whoever the heel champion is. Like, Eddie can really, he's a jack of all trades. You can fit him into anything. He would have been right at home in, like, the 2010, 2011 period, and WWE was being especially corny. Eddie would have done that, but made it actually a bit more cool. So just generally, yeah, he could have he could have fit absolutely anywhere. Absolutely. Then, yeah, 94, the dream match that that never was with Shawn Michaels. Imagine that match. Like, that would have just been easily one of the greatest matches in wrestling history if Eddie and Sean had locked up at the stage of stage, at the show of shows on that biggest stage. Yeah, am I right? Like, I mean, it's just when people think of wrestling dream matches, this is one of the ones, if it's not brought up first, it's brought up real quick when you talk to people about true wrestling dream matches. Yeah. I mean, you look at Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels, which is a match which, I mean, in WrestleMania history, that's. I mean, I, near enough objectively a top three all-time match. Like, when you look at the build and what they did in that night at 21, I think Eddie and Sean would have been on par with that. Um, saying it would have been better, I mean, it's so hard to top Angle and Sean, but my God, Eddie and Sean would have just killed it. I mean, in reality, what we got, as we all know, is Sean Michaels doing an elbow drop to a bleeding Vince McMahon through a table and a trash can. But nonetheless, I mean, what we could have got with Eddie and Sean would have been special, so. Absolutely. The reason 95, Eddie would have fit in any era. Literally, you put him in like the 70s. Eddie would have been like, he would have been just a very uh, envelope pushing stereotypical character. It would have been like a a commentator or a manager, you know, and then in the mid 80s, in the 80s, like he would have been just a cheesy over the top character. In the 90s, we saw what he did. And then current day, you put Eddie Guerrero like, let's say you just drop him into like 2016 Smackdown. Eddie Guerrero is going to be a focal point of that show. It, it, it doesn't matter, yeah. you know? Well, that's, a, that's also always what I do as far as like the wrestler test. Like you, you think of, can they fit in any era? Like, I mean, The Rock can fit in any era. Cena can fit in any era. Um, I mean, CM Punk, not so much. But like generally you look at a guy like Eddie, 
I mean, yeah, in the 80s, you can picture him in like the IC title picture, screaming at Randy Savage or screaming at Ricky Steamboat and having great matches. And you can picture Eddie Guerrero having some goofy, like, you know, dog collar match with the junkyard dog where like they're just like, you know, barking and snarling at each other. And then Vince is laughing on commentary. Like, you can picture all this stuff. You can picture Eddie Guerrero in 2011, like, as Seamus is talking to Muppets, Eddie comes in and slaps a Muppet on the head and Seamus bro kicks him. Like, Kevin, you can picture this stuff and it's good, okay? Yeah, yeah, I could. And it would have made those segments funny, like you alluded to earlier. And then uh, Reason 96, one of the most iconic Eddie Guerrero moves. Throwing the steel chair at the referee and... I mean, at the referee, geez, at the other wrestler and playing dead while the referee isn't looking. You know, and then the referee turns around and catches the other wrestler. Classic. Classic all-time Eddie... Eddie uh, just classic all-time Eddie stick. It's a spot that is so distinctive. And when you say it, you think of Eddie, which I always think like... When you say something think of someone else, they have a legacy and they're remembered fondly in the sense. So, well, usually fondly. So, yeah, Eddie in this spot is just, it's awesome. Then, 70, oh, 97, Kevin. <laughs> this one's all you. Just explain, explain gets cramps for us. Yeah, this, uh, otherwise known as the gay doctor segment. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, Eddie Guerrero, uh, I don't remember exactly the premise of the segment off the top of my head right now, but he had cramps from eating bad Mexican food. I think he was pretending to have <laughs> he was pretending to have cramps because he wanted a hot nurse to give him a, a massage and, and care for him because he and, and he didn't want to wrestle Batista either so he's having this hot nurse massage him and then Batista comes up and he's like oh wait no buddy I got the real doctor for you to give you to give you a shot in the, the place where the sun don't shine so Batista brings in a um a gay doctor if you will to give Eddie this shot in his backside. So you th- what about that? When you break that down, it's a, a wrestler <laughs> having their character just written perfectly. It's like it's a cheeky segment. It's funny. It's edgy. It involves Eddie's like ladies' man side alongside his kind of wanting to cheat and wanting to do something underhanded. And you further the tag team thing with Batista, and you got the doctor involved. So this this doctor gets some screen time and. You know, people can see that, like, all around, Kevin, just uh, everything about that's what wrestling should be as far as the writing side of things. It's just awesome. Absolutely. And, and we did get to see a PG version of this with Dr. Shelby and Daniel Bryan and Kane. So, that like, the funny doctor segments can work. And it's just... But what, about, what, what, about when, what about when um Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson were inspecting Big A's balls? Oh, my God. That is complete. <laughs> that is completely different. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yes, this segment, this gay doctor segment, go back and watch it. It's hilarious. <laughs> 98 uh, funny eddie girl was a funny man you could tell he was a class clown you could tell he was the guy that made everyone laugh in the locker room he could probably make vince laugh i, I would i'd imagine he's made vince laugh a couple of times oh god yeah i mean yeah i mean you you have the locker room landscape backstage like eddie would lighten the mood and not in like a oh he's just a goofball just go oh, get him get out get him out of here but in like a funny way you just want to have him around so yeah 98 funny absolutely then 99 Carried SmackDown. I mean, for a time in 04, this time we've talked about where he like made JBL and he had that mat in the parking lot brawl with Cena. And really, I mean, really, SmackDown 6 era Eddie Guerrero into this WWE title run, Kevin, just fantastic. Yeah, he was the, the main focal point of SmackDown for a while. Because whether he was champion or he was chasing the belt with JBL or he was, you know, reading story time, story time books to Dominic Mysterio, like Eddie was the focal point. He was the, the, the top guy on SmackDown and he, he really helped carry the show. Then, yeah, reason 100. 
CM Punk called him the greatest wrestler ever. How often do you hear a wrestler call someone else the greatest wrestler ever? Like, we've seen a couple people do it. Like, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan would be cheeky and call each other the greatest of all time. We see stuff like that. But CM Punk in an interview once was like, yeah, Eddie was better than everybody else. Like, there was just... Nobody could touch him. Like, I couldn't even touch him. You don't really see that very often. And I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, man. One other reason it's 100 because, I mean, online especially, so i.e. the people watching this video, a lot of people are humongous fans of CM Punk. So the fact of the matter is we have to include the IWC favorite or one of them's goat as a reason. And really, in reality, Eddie is just, he's all that. We've spent, I mean, a while now going over, Kevin, 100 reasons why your goat is a goat so yeah it's been it's been a sack of fun yeah absolutely this was a great video i hope you all like it i I think this will be a good one i mean we've seen these videos they've been great you've done a few of these 100 reasons why i've done a few they seem to turn out well and i think eddie guerrero is someone he's at the top of the list of people that really deserve a, a long form praise like this am i right my God, this is this is your series. I, I've, I've not seen a one with you, which was, I think, really sick. I and mean, then you've you've smashed it a bit. I mean, the Raw one especially. I mean, I don't know, the Miz one as well was just hilarious. I mean, this, yeah, you, you do 100 Reasons really well. So this one was too much fun. Yeah, 100 Reasons. Mostly really good variety. I mean, a couple that we were kind of overlapping a bit, but nonetheless, just the greatness of Eddie Guerrero. It, it had to be stated, especially after what happened on Twitter surrounding a couple of uh, imbeciles, especially, well, two especially. Um, and yeah, just get to state the greatness. So yeah, just a bunch of fun this video. Absolutely. I appreciate you for doing this. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. This is really uh, going to be a great video. I can't wait for you all to hear it. And yeah, we'll talk to you on the next video. No problem. Great rest of your day. Bye-bye.